Hello, and welcome to another episode of Root for Each Other, a Branches podcast, where we take a meaningful look at the dynamics of domestic violence and how trauma-informed, inclusive advocacy can make a difference. The opinions on this podcast are ours individually and do not necessarily represent the opinions of everybody, and welcome to our latest episode of Root for Each Other, a Branches podcast. My name is Sarah Blevins O'Toole. I'm the Director of Development at Branches, and today I am here with some of my favorite people. I am here with my good friend, Brittany Ochoa. She is the Executive Director of the Harmony House and the COC. Hi, Brittany. Thanks for being here. Hey, Sarah. I'm very excited to be here. I am also here with our executive director here at Branches. Her name is Amanda McComas and one of my best friends. Hi, everybody. Awesome. So today I think we have such a cool topic to talk about. If you're not aware, November is National Homelessness Awareness Month. And at the time of this recording, we are right in the middle of Hunger and Homelessness Awareness Week. There are a lot of nationwide efforts to bring attention to the services that are being provided to home, people experiencing homelessness in our communities. And we just want to, we want to bring as much awareness to that as possible, because to be honest with you, our community is doing a great job with that. And so I'm going to start us off by just saying, you know, if you're sitting in Starbucks or somewhere and you hear the phrase COC, you might not know what that means. So Brittany, do you want to tell us a little bit about what a COC is and what it is supposed to do for a community. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to. The COC or Continuum of Care is an entity made up of different organizations in our areas. In our case, it's both the Cabell and Wayne County areas, and that's where all of our agencies serve both counties. And basically what it is, is it's meant to get all the service providers in one space to be able to talk about and problem solve situations and things that come up that we see being on the front lines. Um, So the continuum is made up of homelessness providers, victim services providers, nonprofit, different nonprofits, faith-based organizations, government agencies, businesses, advocates, the housing authority, all of us in one, one area, one space to be able to all get together and hopefully work together to, to problem solve. Yeah, I think that's so important. Any Anytime that you have um, any type of community organizing, it's so important to have all of those sectors. Uh, I, I'm so glad that you mentioned that it's not just like a service provider issue. It's also businesses and faith-based communities. All of those people can contribute and work toward the services that we provide. And um, if you're listening to podcasts and you're thinking, okay, well, what does this have to do with domestic violence? It's a huge concern for us because actually HUD defines any folks fleeing domestic violence as homeless. So that is really important to us. It's really important to the work that we do. And we are very proud members and active supporters of our local COC for that reason. Amanda, you've been working on the COC for a long time, huh? Yeah, I've been with the COC for at least nine years now. It's been a really wonderful experience. It's helped us broaden our scope of services quite a bit over the years. Uh, now we provide 
rapid rehousing programming, a lot of things, housing advocacy, um, put more of a spotlight on housing advocacy than we had done before. And that's really all because of our membership of the COC, all of the hard work that the COC is doing. Yeah, absolutely. Even in the short time that I've been at Branches, you know, I've actually personally witnessed that our community COC has moved hundreds of people into housing. We've been, we've served, you know, thousands of people each year. And when you think about a community as small as the Cabawane area, that's an enormous amount of people receiving services from COC. So I think we're very, very grateful for that. I think one thing that is probably important to point out here is that as the executive director of the Harmony House, I know that you have to wear multiple hats because you're also helping to lead and coordinate the COC. What do you think is the distinction between those two roles? And then like, also like, I guess in some ways they do overlap. What do you, where do you see some overlap? So I'm going to start with overlap and then kind of transition into the differences in my roles. So the overlap comes in the collaboration aspect of what we do. So while Harmony House is a day shelter, and yes, I oversee the functioning of the agency, a lot of what I do is also collaboration with other agencies to make sure that my staff have the most updated information on different services. They know who to contact and for what. And a lot of that is tied into what I do with the COC as well. It's all about collaboration, working together, because our goals aren't just dependent upon one entity. It relies on all of us coming together and working together. And I think that's the most important part to, to stress here is we can't do it by ourselves. We have to do it together. And that's where all the agencies in the COC come together. And that's why it's so important to have that entity. The difference is, is with the COC, I'm organizing agencies. I'm bringing everybody together in the same area, in the same room, and allowing that open line of communication to happen or opening those lines of communication that haven't been there before. Because again, collaboration is key here in, in our goals, not just as independent agencies, but as a COC in its entirety. So a lot of my focus with COC is just making sure lines of communication are open between each other, making sure that we're being as transparent as we can with each other is important because if we're doing our own things, then how can we, how can we work together? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think that's the key difference is while, while Harmony House, I kind of bring people together and connect my staff, COC, I'm focusing more on agency and big picture. Mm-hmm. And kind of helping brainstorm and and guide that aspect of it. You know, you said something so interesting to me about collaboration. If you study collective impact, like, you know, it's something I'm very interested in. One of the things that you we're talked about quite frequently is that there is actually a difference between partnership and collaboration. Partnership has to do with there being a mutual benefit, but collaboration is working together toward a mutual goal. And I think that the COC is a really great example of how improving the quality of life for folks that are experiencing homelessness is the mutual goal. And one thing that I think is really important to talk about um, just as a whole for the COC is that this sort of multidisciplinary approach allows us to see a person as a whole person with multiple diverse experiences 
where multiple agencies with that are addressing those different experiences can help that person. And so a great example of that would be just the Harmony House and branches, right? So if you have a person experiencing homelessness who has also experienced domestic violence, you know that you can shout at us and, and get us on board to help work with that person in a holistic way. So how do you how important do you think that is working with people in a holistic way? I mean, I think that's vital to to the work that we do. Perfect example of that. And I'm going to kind of refer to my to my experience running the COVID shelter for a couple of years. That project would not have been able to function if it weren't with the help of different agencies. So I know I was in contact with you guys regularly. The mission helped us run like with the program and its functioning. And so when whenever we come together and work in a holistic way, like we did with that project, it allows us to accomplish so much more and it allows us to fill the gaps and services that we might see or prevent gaps even. So when someone comes in and, and, and describes their experience with homelessness, but they may also have experienced domestic violence, we have that close connection that we can call you guys and there's no lapse in what's going to happen to them or who they're going to be in contact with. There's always someone working with them, whether we turn it over to you guys or we work together and identify who's the best person to take the lead on that case management aspect of things. It's always done in conjunction together and I think it's vital. We can't do this work without it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think that really speaks to why coordinated entry works so well in the COC framework, right? Do you want to talk a little bit about when I say coordinated entry, what that means? Yeah. So for those that don't know what coordinated entry is, it's meant to be a focus point um, where someone can enter the system to receive services. And what by that, I mean, they don't have to go to Harmony House, then go to the mission, then go to INR, then to branches. It's one place that they can come to, to do an intake and to get a referral sent to wherever it is they need to go. All that's done within our system for agencies that have um, a lot more privacy restrictions. I know you guys have a different system you use, but we have we have workarounds for that. So there's still that central, that centralized process and referral. And that's really important for people in these situations because it can be discouraging to have to go to five different places just to figure out what you need to do and where you need to go. But if they're told at entry, you know, okay, I did your intake, we've done your assessment. Now I've referred you to the services that you'll be qualified for. Someone will be in touch with you to follow up. That way they don't have, the burden isn't placed on them to keep up with things. It's on us to seek them out and follow up. And I think that's really important into lessening the burden on them because they're already dealing with a lot in their situations. You know, it's a lot just to be houseless and to, to be sleeping at the mission and to be living in a shelter. Like that's a lot on somebody. And so if we can lighten that load a little bit by making the referral process easier for them, then we're going to do that. Mm -hmm. I agree. I think it also really helps to sort of cut down on some of the trauma of all of that. If I was a person experiencing homelessness and I didn't have coordinate entry, I would have to go and tell my story five different times to five different people and have to kind of relive that trauma time after time to get the services that I need. And with this process, I have to 
only do that once and and get everything I need in sort of a one-stop shop sort of way. And I think that's absolutely wonderful that we can lessen that type of burden as well. Also, it's perfectly in line with our values as domestic violence advocates. We know that it's an evidence-based practice to um, minimize the amount of times that people have to share their very traumatic story. And I imagine that that applies in the same way for people experiencing homelessness. So yeah, I think coordinated entry is a, is a vital part of the work that we do. My favorite way that I've ever heard it described, when I first started working within the COC, I heard a lot of people say, oh, this kind of a no wrong door kind of situation. So like people can, no matter where they go, they're going to get the help they need. And I, I think that's just a beautiful concept. I think that one thing about, the one thing that I personally really admire about the COC is their commitment to a housing first approach. And I think that is also one of the things that we do that really helps to minimize trauma. I know that seems like a leap in logic maybe, <laughs> but hear me out. I think that adopting a housing first approach is adopting a person-centered approach. And that by its very nature minimizes the trauma of homelessness, DV, long-term health issues, all of those things that can create trauma are minimized when we see a person as a person first before those experiences. How do you guys feel about housing first approach? I agree a hundred percent. Brittany, can you kind of give our listeners a little more information about what that is? Yeah, I absolutely love housing first and can talk about it all day long. And what it is, is it's breaking down barriers to housing, right? So rather than place requirements on someone to obtain housing, we we start from the other way. We go, okay, let's provide this person a safe place that they can lay their head at night, that they can rest, that they can escape to, that's their own. And then from there, once they're safe, we can work on some of the other goals that they may identify as wanting to obtain, such as school, jobs, healthcare, treatment, different things like that. Because the, the idea is how can we expect someone to keep up with medication and appointments, try to get a job if they are living outside or they're living in emergency shelter? It's really hard to do that. So if we can provide them a place that's their own, then we can start working on the other things and those things will come. And client choice plays a lot into that, letting them be the leader in this situation in their case plans. So I think that's why I love it so much is it's it's client-led versus us leading them to do things that we think they should. Mm -hmm. You said it's very difficult for people to, you know, like get their medicine and do those things. And in my mind, I was like, I don't want to call anybody and make an appointment right now. And I am not experiencing homelessness. So I, I can't agree more. It, it's, I love the aspect of it being so first and so focused on let, let's get people into housing and then we can, we can work on the rest. I like that a lot. So I, the next question that I'm kind of like, that I've been like thinking about, or it was like really pressing in my mind when I was thinking about this podcast is and, and I think maybe you both will have different perspectives on this because based on your time um, with it, how do you think that our local COC is changing our community for the better? I think that our Cabell Wayne Huntington COC is really changing our community for the better. They're doing so much over my time 
my time here with the CSD, I feel like we've grown so much. We've pulled so many agencies into this group. We have really grown and expanded. I know exactly who to call when we have a problem. I I just feel really well equipped, way more than I ever did before being a part of the COC to help our clients serve them to the best of our ability. Like I said before, our membership of the COC has helped expand our services just in this one agency, you know, just in branches, domestic violence shelter. We have expanded our services. We're able to help hundreds of people even a year not just in our housing program that the COC has helped us start, but just in the referrals that we get now because of being such a strong member of the COC, it's it's helped us leaps and bounds over the years in my experience. I would like to talk a little bit about my feelings about how COC is changing our community for the better. And I'm going to be the most mercenary I've maybe ever been in this podcast and talk about how because we have such a great COC, because Brittany, you're doing such a good job, because Amanda has put so much effort into it and all of the folks around the community, we actually receive more money for our community because of that. It, you know, we are funded, like not only are we funded as a COC, but the agencies within the COC can be funded through HUD and that results in a direct increase in our economic stability in our community. I couldn't agree more. The economic impact of the COC is huge. And I think people don't see that, but we are helping create jobs. We are help not just with our staff, but with the clients we serve, Mm -hmm. the economic impact of the rental assistance we're able Mm -hmm. to provide. We support the housing community in our local neighborhoods, in our cities. it I don't think people understand exactly how extensive the economic impact of the COC is. It, and I, I, like I said, I, I know that sounds very mercenary. I really care about the services and the clients, and I really care about those things. But I also really care about the fact that we are making our whole community better. Like literally everyone benefits from the COC being as strong as it is in our community. So that's how I see the COC making the community better. There, I'm really glad that you brought that up because yes, we do bring money in. And to be honest, other places look to us to be their example. They look at how we're running our COC, how we're working together, the things that we're bringing in both monetary and service wise and going, how are you doing that? Can you tell me more? So us being an example for other places is huge for, for our area as well. So I'm really glad that you kind of kicked that off. And thanks. I'm going to kind of segue in. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say, <laughs> Thank I can you. Be to talk about money. So <laughs> that's important. That's as important as uh, the client services. <laughs> we can't do that without it. I'm going to kind of segue from that into what I notice about our COC and what I kind of admire. You know, I'm going to talk a little bit about our population. It's changed a lot since the time I started six years ago and and first started getting involved in homeless services and 
and getting connected with our COC agencies and our our population has changed drastically. So their needs have changed. So our COC being willing to be flexible and adapt programs and services to the needs of the clients has been just mind blowing because it's hard to, it's hard to shift especially as much as we've had to adding more services making our services a lot more intensive than they were intended to be our rapid rehousing program alone i was just talking to our new coordinator about it and how that program went from a very light touch program to having to provide intensive supportive services for much longer because the needs of the clients have changed because it our population has changed. And so for us to all work together to adapt to those needs has just been amazing. And it's making a difference for everybody that we're serving. I think you brought up a point you wanted to make and couldn't really articulate it. So I'm going to stumble through, help me out friends, if I get it messed up. But you bring up such a great point about something that I can say from an outside perspective the COC's response to a worldwide pandemic was top notch. Like we, we were very quick to open a COVID shelter. Like a, we were very quick to, not we, not me. Let me, let me be clear. But the COC. But, but the COC, yes. But we also were able to navigate through an entire pandemic that is still ongoing with very minimal disruption to services. And that's like a, a success that we should be talking about. I agree. And to kind of play off of what both of you have said, the idea that our CSC here in the Cabell Wayne area was able to open a COVID isolation and quarantine shelter, that alone was very cutting edge. I don't know of anybody else. I could be wrong, obviously. I don't know of anybody else in the state that had one of those mm-hmm. up and running and running for as long as we did. Mm-hmm. It was it was a wonderful thing to have. And Brittany, you did a great job with that. At the time, you were running that shelter, right? Yeah, for, for three years. <laughs> you know, I just came back in January is when it, when it finally, finally closed. And I know there were a couple other models that had popped up, but ours was so unique in the sense that it was such an interwoven web of of complex services. You know, it wasn't just a sleep shelter for us to bring people to isolate in and then discharge them. There was a case management aspect. So everyone that came through got an assessment of their needs. So do you need housing? Do you need documents? So we created a whole case management aspect. We created a healthcare referral aspect where we would connect people to healthcare. People were able to stabilize on their medications and enter treatment. And that was all based on client choice, but our shelter ended up becoming such a complex entity because it was more than just shelter. It was almost a transitional living type situation mm-hmm. where it was sheltered with wraparound services. And that was that was working together with housing authority for housing apps that was working with branches and Prestera and all the other agencies that were helping us create this this entity and work with us to get people the, the services that they needed. Mm-hmm. Imagine I was just thinking, imagine that you are a person experiencing homelessness and you get COVID and that is devastating, right? And then you go into a shelter that helps you get to the next step. Like it turns out that getting sick with COVID, not that we want anyone to ever get sick with COVID, is a way to get the help that you need. 
that's, that is cutting edge. That's innovative. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate your guys' perspective so much on this. And I think there's really only one question left to ask. In your opinion, what's next for the COC? What are we, what are we, what's coming up? What do we think is the, the next move? So part of our focus going into the next, I guess, chapter for the COC is increasing uh, networking amongst agencies, which is something that, that we're working on right now. COVID kind of hit us quite a bit in terms of um, networking with each other and being in some of the same rooms as each other. So trying to open those lines up again post-COVID is one of the goals. The other is, and this is like pie in the sky right now, but something that we've gotten grants for is um, working on the healthcare aspect. So opening more accessible lines to mental health services for the people that we serve and opening lines of access for healthcare. So those are two of the other aspects that I know I'd like to focus on. I don't know if there's anything that I'm missing, Amanda, but. No, that's fantastic. I actually do have one more question. Would that be okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. This is for Brittany. If someone's listening to this podcast right now and they are local here in our Cabell Wayne area and they are impressed and they want to join the COC, how would they go about doing that? If someone's interested in joining, you are more than welcome to reach out to me. My office number is 304-523-2764, and I'm at extension 101. Or you can email me, Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y dot Ochoa, O-C-H-O-A, at HarmonyHouseWV.com. I will happily add you into our email list for meeting announcements, trainings coming up, things like that. You can also follow our CHWCOC Facebook page. We're on Facebook. So if you follow that as well, you can reach us and we will add you into any forms of communication that we have that we're we're sharing information. I'm so happy you brought that up. I was just about to let folks know we do try our best to post on there as often as possible. We make our meeting announcements, everything's on there. So if folks want to follow us on there and, and join in our great work to end homelessness here in our area, we would love that. And we do monitor the the messages uh, the best we can. So if anybody wants to message us on there, we are available. I would also just like to say, if if you're listening and you're like, this is great work, I don't know that I have anything to contribute. You can just follow our social media and know what's up. You can see what's going on, be the first to know when there's um, successes, be the first to know when there's information going out. So um, no matter what you feel like you can contribute, please do follow those social media accounts. Also, listeners, if you check out our podcast notes, our podcast description, you will see that information that Brittany provided to you. So we'll make sure that that's in the podcast notes for this episode. All right, guys, any, any last thoughts? I just like to add, if you're wondering if you have anything to contribute or are kind of hesitant and second guessing, please reach out, please get involved. We can always use people of all backgrounds, whether it's for programming, trainings, different things. We have a lot going on. We have a lot of things that we utilize people for. So please reach out. Please come be involved. The more, the merrier. And it takes a village to do this work. 
Brittany, I couldn't have said it better myself. So if you are a listener and you are out there wondering what you can contribute, we want you to know that there are so many ways that you can go out and root for each other. If you or someone you know is experiencing domestic violence, you can call us 24-7 at 304-529-2382. For more information on the dynamics and impact of abuse, check out our website at branchesdvs.org.